0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, offering My Trustmark online and mobile banking services to help monitor spending, pay bills, deposit checks, transfer money, and more. Anytime, anywhere. More information at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts, and Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. You might be surprised who's considered a first-time home buyer. Adam Black from Renaissance Bank is our guest this hour. We'll address questions such as, how do you know if you're financially ready to purchase a home? How large of a mortgage do you qualify for? And how large should your mortgage payment actually be? We're also, as we do each Tuesday, looking for any personal finance questions that you have. Contact us by email. The address is money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Nancy and Ryder. Hope that you're doing well this morning.
0: Good morning.
1: Good morning. Uh, Nancy, we'll start with you. Uh, financial news in the news.
0: Well, in June, the government spent twice what it normally does in a month. And that's what they need to be doing in the middle of this pandemic and recession. That's what we call fiscal policy. And they are in talks for another stimulus package. And our listeners will be happy to know that part of the talk is about an additional one-time payment. We had the $1,200 per person that happened earlier. They're looking at doing another one of those. Uh, The bad news is they're going to cut or do away with the enhanced federal unemployment benefits. So we're waiting to see. By the end of July, we should know what's going to happen.
1: All right. Uh, Ryder, what about uh, your perspective?
2: Yeah, so uh, interesting that you brought up uh, government spending being twice what it was because a lot of individuals spending money has been a lot less than what it was. That's exactly why the government needs to kind of uh, step up to balance some of that out. Uh, But looking at personal spending, uh, we just got the report uh, just this morning on – Uh, CPI so our inflation so how much have prices changed and you know we had over you know kind of uh, March April and May uh, well and even even a little bit before starting in uh, January prices of uh, oil prices of gasoline all were down a lot and that lowered prices for consumers uh, drastically uh, according to the calculation but of course you know we were doing a lot less driving as well uh, those prices have rebounded a lot. Uh, so we did see uh, a, a little increase uh, on month-to-month inflation. Um, and for the last uh, 12 months, it looks like we've had inflation of 0.6%. Um, you know, yeah, energy prices are still down. Uh, But food prices, we've been buying a lot more food for consumption in the home. Um, Restaurants have had to raise prices a lot to deal with the extra costs they've had. So those prices have gone up a good bit. Um, But that's uh, all from the inflation report also put out by the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, since we were talking about that last week. Um, I have a quick
1: story about uh, if, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, I've started doing little Lego building things to sort of pass the time when I have some downtime. It's kind of a fun thing uh-huh. to do. Uh, so uh, Yoda, one of my favorite characters from Star Wars, there's a kit, uh, but it's a little bit expensive. So I found it in a store and I thought, well, that's kind of a lot of money. And I went back and forth. Uh, so I went online and said, well, maybe I can find it cheaper. So I find some site that it's thirty dollars cheaper. I thought, oh great. So I go. Go to the site and i'm starting to place the order and i'm getting red flags and i see that uh, the paypal is going to go to like the name is simone brown or something and i keep thinking to myself she's ah, <laughs> awfully sketchy i went to the home page of the uh, of the seller and it does it's selling bathroom supplies and not lego kits and i'm thinking i don't know about this but i thought well i'm going through paypal so if it's not legit i can challenge it and get my money back well, <clears throat> I sent the money, and uh, they were supposed to send me a receipt, email. They did not. There was a, t- there was a number that for their customer service, and when I called it, there was this very brief uh, voicemail message that says, this is not who you think it is, and then they hung up. Um, I contacted PayPal and said I didn't get my item, and so they sent me, and it said, further information from the sender. Here is the tracking number. So I went to USPS, put in the tracking number. Uh, it showed that the product had been ordered and delivered several days uh, before I even placed the order online. So right Uh now, I'm sort of stuck in the PayPal resolution thing there, uh, and it's very difficult to navigate. I think uh, in these days of COVID, it seems like Person, a person, customer service for online stuff is is almost impossible to find. But uh, and then also, there's some uh, email address that I should use to send contact the sender, and it's gibberish 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 at gmail dot com. So uh, I feel quite stupid. Uh, Kevin, yes,
0: I would say to you, there's a lesson in um, when you're ordering online. It's probably better if you're not sure who you're ordering from to use a credit card. Because a credit card means that you can immediately say, I, I disavow that purchase. And you don't make the payment, but with PayPal, with a debit card, that money has already gone out of your account.
1: Well, and here's another dumb and red flag that that was the only method by which the payment was accepted. And you know, like I said, uh, when you when you feel do these things and feel dumb, you go back and start looking. And so I would say, if you see these red flags, because the other thing is, when you read things that what I'm assuming is a non-native English speaker writes, it's just it's different, and you it just doesn't sound the way that someone who's a native american i mean i don't whatever but you know someone who is a natural speaker would would put that and i don't know for sure that this is some foreign country but uh it certainly is very scammy i would say but again um my my lesson that i've learned again is if it sounds too good to be true or if you're seeing these red flags and as Nancy said, maybe save yourself, order some things online, use a credit card and, and not PayPal. So that's my uh, story. And, again, I feel quite dumb, but hopefully I, I will get my money back, but I'm, I'm not too sure about that. So uh, anyway, <clears throat> uh, we have a guest this morning. So why don't we introduce our guest? It's Adam Black from Renaissance Bank. Adam, uh, thanks for uh, sitting through my story there and also being on the show with us. If you would, uh, remind us about yourself and your background in banking.
3: Good morning, and uh, yeah, and I just went through the same thing. As a matter of fact, by not verifying someone, so I'm, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, Adam Black, I'm with the Renaissance Bank. I've uh, been a mortgage lender now for 16 years. I've joined y'all show uh, numerous times and have always enjoyed it. And I'm located here in Madison, Mississippi.
1: Uh, is this a good time for anyone to buy a home? And if so, who who would it be a good time for to to per- think about uh, purchasing a home?
3: you know one of the one of the blessings that has came out of all this uh this chaos has been low interest rates and uh, it it is just a tremendous time for people to take advantage of that whether it be through purchases or refinances uh we're we're you know historically we're at the lowest interest rates we've ever seen and uh it's been a uh it's it's been a crazy year for all of us in our industry in all industries i think everyone can attest to that but uh ours has just been uh very counter to what we came into the year thinking it was going to be. We uh, last quarter of last year all of our uh, analysts were saying you know, rates were going to begin to drift up and, and you know, we we're going to see an uptick in, in interest rates and nothing could be further from the truth uh, while there' have been some some, uh, some ups you know some peaks it, it's, there's been way more valleys this year and rates have continued on a downward trend. Uh,
1: so who is considered a first time home buyer?
3: So, uh, you know, the obvious, uh, someone that is, has that is truly never owned a home, uh, there are also some caveats in there with uh, people who are recently divorced or have not owned a home um, for a certain number of years. Most of the time, that's a three-year period, uh, if they haven't owned a home in three years. Uh, and then some programs, like I said, will take into account, uh, if you've if you've recently gone through a divorce, they'll... They'll reinstate. I say that in quotations mark your first time homebuyer uh, privileges.
1: Uh, but we bring that up because I guess there are some special programs that are available to first time homebuyers.
3: There are. There are. There are um, several several programs throughout. Um, some are government sponsored. Some are, are private. Uh, that's that's address the needs for uh down payments in most cases most of the time that's that's where the uh the benefit is of a first-time home buyer is they don't come into this with a lot of capital a lot of assets so they need some help with uh with a down payment or with funds to close and that's where those programs step in uh
1: what is the fha
3: FHA is, is federal housing. It's it's and, and FHA has always been a, a moniker of a first time home buyer, but it's actually available to anyone. Um the, the benefits of the FHA that make it more um advantageous for a first time home buyer is the down payment. It only requires a three and a half percent down payment. It's got a really low interest rate. But the FHA loan also comes with some uh some fees. There's a there's an upfront funding fee that FHA um uh, Presses onto the buyer, uh, adds to the loan amount that negates about half of your down payments. So it's uh, it's not always the best program to use. That's where uh, a good mortgage professional is going to sit down and look at everything someone qualifies for and, and can weigh those side by side and show them, you know, what the total cost of the mortgage is. Everybody gets hung up on interest rate, and while it's important, it's an important factor in a mortgage. It's not. Uh, everything. you need to look at the total cost of your mortgage over time. and a lot of factors go into that. how long you're going to be in the home, um, how much you do have to put down, uh, where the home is located uh, that geographically sometimes it are, it'll, it will qualify for other programs. so there's there's a lot to, there's a lot that goes into a mortgage.
1: Uh, and that's the uh, federal, but what about on the state level? Does Mississippi offer assistance?
3: Mississippi does. We have uh, Mississippi Home Court, which is located here in Jackson. And they offer a couple of, uh, uh, ser- actually several different programs that help first-time homebuyers, health professionals, teachers. Um, they have several great programs that are available to people.
1: If you have a question for our experts, you can also send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We'll continue our discussion of home buying, especially for first home time first time home buyers after the break. Do you currently have a mortgage with Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae? We've got some information for you when we get back. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
3: Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app.
1: You're listening to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB public media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter Janderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae will extend the moratorium on foreclosures and evictions on single-family homes until at least August 31st. That's according to the Federal Housing Finance Agency. Uh, The protections were scheduled to expire on June 30th. Our guest on Money Talks today is Adam Black from Renaissance Bank. And Nancy Ryder, before we continue on, any any questions that have popped up in, in your mind so far?
0: Uh, not right now, except that uh, in talking with real estate agents around here, what we're hearing is that the inventory is very low. So even though we're facing really low interest rates and that makes it attractive, it's really a seller's market at this point because of the inventory. So that means if you're a buyer, you need to be a little bit quicker. You you don't have as much negotiating power at that point, um, and you just have fewer options. And it could be that people are hesitant to put their house on the market right now because of the virus, or maybe people are just hunkered down more and saying, hey, we'll worry about a change in housing after this is over.
1: Uh, So, Adam, before you begin shopping for a home, what are some things uh, that you need to consider and think about?
3: You definitely need to get with a mortgage professional and go through the pre-approval process. And, and that's more than just them pulling your credit and telling you you meet the guidelines. That's um, gathering documentation, whether it be pay stubs, assets, um, ID, of course, and uh, and then sitting down with them and, and making sure they understand what your goals are as a homeowner. Uh, as I said before, it's, it's important to know how long someone plans to be in a home and, uh, you know, Future, just their future plans because that's going to impact what they buy when they buy and, and where they buy and uh, it's it's very very important to, to take your time and do that uh, the the worst call I can get is someone to call me and say, hey, I need to get pre-approved. I've signed a contract on a home. Uh, that's, that's putting the cart in front of the horse in the, in the worst kind of way because then you're on your heels and you're not able to make the best decisions in a lot of cases. And So I think it's very important to, to take your time, and the mortgage guy needs to be the first person you call. Uh, you, you don't even need to speak to a realtor until you've talked to a mortgage professional. Adam,
0: what are our mortgage rates right now? Can you tell our audience uh what they could be facing with a thirty or a fifteen year uh fixed versus adjustable
3: yeah uh you know of course we're we're bound that we can 't quote rates of course uh because they're also individualized but but right now we're we're seeing a thirty year conventional to be under three percent on purchases. Um, most lenders are charging a little bit of a premium on refinances, so so refinance rates are a little bit higher. But, I mean, you're still seeing sub-3 or maybe right around 3, 15-year being down in that uh, mid-2 range. And uh, it's it's amazing, the interest rates. Uh, it was it's, it's funny that, you know, as you get to competing with other lenders that you're having to uh, defend a, a 2.875% percent 30 year rate or whatever it may be um but you do you know <laughs> so so yeah that's that's kind of a i know that's a broad range nancy but that's yeah that's that's kind of where we're at in the in the low threes high twos
0: yeah that's pretty amazing i don't think i've ever seen them that low it,
3: yeah it, it's yeah no doubt people are what we're seeing is financially savvy people or borrowing as much as they can and putting the least amount down and, and taking that other money and investing it with people like you guys and, and making way more yield on it.
2: Yeah, And and I just want to tie two things um, that y'all said together about uh, Adam talking about getting pre, uh, was it pre-qualified or pre-approved was the term you used?
3: Yeah, pre, pre-approved, pre-qualified, you know, there, there's always been some discussion in our industry over the difference. Um, And and we consider pre-qualified meaning that you've done a credit report and and you qualify for the programs, you know, Mm -hmm. based on that information. A pre-approval is where we have gathered documentation, we've verified employment, we've verified everything you've sent us. And that... That's kind of almost a pre-underwrite, if you will, to make sure that we've got everything. We don't want any surprises. We don't want any negative surprises right. down the road. And, and especially right now with, with people going into forbearance and people uh, being on furlough and stuff like that, it's, it's added some challenges to us um, since March. And uh, we've really, really had to be proactive and, and, and pay attention to what we're doing.
2: Right, so so that pre-approval process is, it's really important for uh, really any home buyer, but particularly a first-time home buyer who is probably going to be, again, a lot of their money for the, for the purchase is going to be coming from the bank. Because the buyer wants to know that you do have the money there. And it's, it's perfect, you know, so, so that's why you hear about, you know, people who do a cash deal, can get a good deal, can get it fast, whatever. Um, getting a mortgage, you know, that's still fine, that's still money, but you need to have you know, a bank, you know, someone like Adam, to say, yes, this person can borrow the amount of money that they said they are going to pay you for the house. Like We have, we have not only you know, done the basics of just saying, yeah, there's a, there's a program out there for them, but we have checked their income, we have checked their paperwork, and we are confident that we can make it happen. Um, like he said, it's not a guarantee there, but it's, it's, it's a lot more impressive than someone simply saying, yeah, I can probably get a mortgage for this house. So that's going to be important. Um, you know, t- tying into, tying into what, uh, Nancy was saying about the relationship between buyers and sellers. Um, you know, not as many houses being on the market. Uh, if you want to ha- have a more impressive offer, put some money behind hey. it.
3: Exactly. And, and not to cut you off, Ryder, but, but to give you an example Nancy was just talking about how inventory is so low and we had a situation a week or so ago where we were one of our clients was competing against another and the listing agent actually called me and said, Hey, how, how deep into the pre approval are you? And I said, I've done everything. We've even verified their employment with their employer. So we're we're ready to go. We're we're hundred percent positive that from our end, our client can be approved as long as your as long as your property meets appraisal. Well, the people we were competing against could not even produce a pre approval letter from their bank yet. And so, you know, we our client won the bid, and that that's that goes a long way. It's like like you said, it's almost like being a cash buyer. It's as close to being a cash buyer as you can.
0: Adam, yeah. let me ask you this question: um, in the middle of all of this, where there are a lot of people who have been furloughed. Uh, maybe they're temporarily unemployed um, or they're in a situation where, you know, there may be layoffs. Um, as mortgage brokers, are you loosening your guidelines? Are you tightening up? What's happening?
3: We, we've seen them tighten in a lot of ways. I think, I think they've done a great job with um, protecting the investor while still – uh, making mortgages available to the consumer. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we did have to take into account people being on furlough. And, and so what, what most lenders did was they had to use that furloughed income. Um, people in forbearance. Fannie Mae came out and said that they have to make three consecutive payments. They have to be, you know, out of forbearance and make three consecutive payments before they can continue. But, you know, there was nothing uh, negative reporting on their credit bureau except for just that it was in forbearance. You know, we could see that. So I think there's been a – I personally, and I hope everyone else feels the same way, I think that the industry itself has done a great job with balancing, protecting the investors and the servicers, while also still allowing the consumer to to be able to purchase, I think they've done a tremendous job. and, it, and it's been a challenge. It's been a moving target. We all know that. It's changed on the daily. Um, but I haven't I haven't got any alerts that I went okay that that's we shouldn't be doing that. it's all it's all fit into into what it should fit into.
1: So, Adam, I guess when we talk about things about uh, verifying employment and checking credit, those are sorts of the things that determine how much mortgage someone might qualify for. But how could someone who's looking to buy a home determine how much mortgage they can afford?
3: Mm, what you can be approved for and what you can afford in and, and my are always two different things. Um, that's where a, a good financial planner on your team helps, is, is being able to sit down with you and look at where you're at and, and what fits into your budget. Uh, And we we try to do that, you know, within our capabilities. Um, I've probably hurt people's feelings in the past, you know, discouraging them from buying such a large home because we all know Keeping up with the Joneses is the biggest rage, and uh, it's, it's, it's tough when you see people overextending themselves just to get into a home. So we try, to, we try to be cautious and try to be open with people and explain to them, hey, this is a, this is a 30-year commitment, and, and you've got to know what you're getting into, and it's going to be due every month on the 1st. So, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's important to, to have a team around you and sit down with wise counsel and, and look at that and, and determine what best fits into your budget.
1: So, Nancy Ryder, let me throw that question back at at you folks. Uh, What would be some things that you would talk to about if someone came in uh, trying to buy a home and and, and you discussed how much mortgage they could afford?
0: Well, you need to start with their overall uh, income and expenses now. Um, I'm always cautioning someone to think about not just the payment on that mortgage, but the maintenance on the house. And of course, if you're purchasing an older house, you probably are going to have more maintenance issues that pop up.
2: Yes, you, you are. Consider-
0: <laughs> yes, we both know that, we're in older houses. Um, and you know, you have to think about uh, utility costs. So if you bump from a 1,500-square-foot house to a 2,500-square-foot house, it's gonna cost more to cool that house in Mississippi in August. And so you have to consider all those things. Ultimately, I try to encourage people to do less than what their real estate agent wants them to do, to really pull it down more, because we know, right or right, that your housing is one of the biggest expenses you have.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I think that's uh, a, a big part of it is is those extra expenses, you know, the maintenance, uh, the repairs that you're going to have to deal with. You know, are you moving to a bigger place? It's going to cost more to you know, heat, cool, and clean. Um, But also, you know, what we deal with a lot of times are, you know, folks maybe who are in retirement or looking at retiring, so they're looking at a weird place in their income. Um, They're not necessarily, you know, they maybe move move beyond their peak earning years. Uh, They may live solely on, uh, you know, Social Security or retirement income. And so that may be lower, Than what they are making before, and so to a to a mortgage bank, you know, it doesn't it doesn't look as clean, Um, and they can't just say, okay, well, you make X income, so you can afford Y house. Um, So what we often do is look at their accounts and and look to see what they can really afford, um, and and use those, uh, you know, produce documentation from their accounts saying, okay, could this could provide, you know. XYZ income uh, for that person and hopefully that helps them get approved, make sure they get you know into a good mortgage situation, uh, make sure they get a good low rate because they may have the money to afford um, the house that they want, um, but, but their income numbers just don't show that as plainly anymore.
0: The yeah. other thing that we run into a lot um, is people who are older and they think well i'm going to downsize and so i'm going to sell this house and buy a house that's smaller and i'm going to reduce my cost and maybe reduce my payment it doesn't always work out that way um simply because you may have the house you're living in may be larger but You know, it may be paid off or the payment may be much lower than what you would face on a brand new mortgage. And you have to live somewhere. And so you have to think about those. And many times when we have people coming in talking about downsizing, we end up saying this really doesn't make sense.
1: And, uh, you know, I think one thing that Nancy said, and that is, you know, your realtor is, is working for you, so you need to not be afraid to to tell them what you're looking for. And if they're showing you houses that you think are sort of out of your price range or out of your comfort zone, I would say don't hesitate to let them know that because that's going to be a better for the ultimate, uh, you know, the good house uh, that you end up in and feeling good about that. We need to take a break. But
0: you know how hard that is to do, though, Kevin? Well. Once they showed you that one place that you just, you <laughs> your eyes have lit up and now you're going to go look at what you can really afford and suddenly you're thinking well maybe i can stretch
1: (laughs) keep in mind that monthly mortgage payment that might help i think we'll continue our discussion on home buying with our guest from renaissance bank in just a bit what are some different types of mortgages we'll have that for you next you're listening to money talks on mpb think radio
4: Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of Auto Correct. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, Auto Correct. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org.
1: Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal financial broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter-Janderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Some different types of mortgage loans include conventional mortgages, jumbo mortgages, government-issued mortgages, fixed-rate mortgages, and adjustable-rate mortgages. Our guest today is Adam Black from Renaissance Bank. We're discussing home buying, and we have some calls on the line. So let's uh, start first by visiting with Mary in Canton. Good morning, Mary. You're on the air with us. Go ahead.
5: Uh, good morning. Uh, two things. I'd like to know why it is um, uh, there's a penalty for paying off a mortgage. It seems that it should be commendatory for a person to to do so. Uh, secondly, uh, what is the uh, uh, industry doing uh, in uh, Mississippi, particularly about rent lining? because it is still going on. It should be uh, illegal, but it is still going on. Two things.
3: Hey, Mary. um, Okay, so first of all, prepayment penalties should be a thing of the past. I agree with you. I haven't seen one in over 10 years. I mean, it's been even longer than that, actually, oh four, oh five, when when everything, you know, was – when all the subprime lending was going on so if you've got a mortgage that has a prepayment penalty on it it might be worth looking at refinancing and uh and getting out of that in some way um i would be happy to talk to you about that if you'd like to give me a call um post show at 601-540-0302 um, and redlining is 100 is percent illegal and, you know, the regulators have really done a good job, you know, as a bank, we, we go through audits every year, sometimes multiple times throughout the year. And, and uh, we're required to produce uh, you know, CRA credits, which means that we're, we're reinvesting in the community. And, and they, they watch to make sure that we are investing in certain areas and uh, with certain demographics. And so it's, it, would be, it would be tough to, to blatantly redline uh for a lender nowadays um and in, individually um it might be it might be going on where a certain lender a, a particular lender within an organization is just saying I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that type of business and, and refusing to do the business in one way or another but for for a corporate bank overall to do that it would be it would be tough it, it
2: would be very hard Um, I do want to – that reminds me of a couple things. I I think – and, Adam, you can probably give a little more detail on this. But when there is a prepayment penalty, generally speaking, all of the mortgages that kind of conform to the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac Mm -hmm. rules, there's no prepayment penalty. So that's why most mortgages uh, don't. So you may be dealing with a a very – like you said, a subprime lender. But also on the redlining, um, and this is something – so this was a, a practice uh, a long time ago, uh, you know, uh, I, well, I don't know how long ago, and you can give some more details on kind of when th- this was happening. But basically, uh, mortgage lenders were not allowing um, black people to get mortgages for homes in certain areas. I believe I have that something somewhat correctly. And there actually was a penalty here in Mississippi, a, a large bank—I just won't say their name, but you can Google it— um, did have a penalty from the, I believe, the Department of Justice and the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau uh, for discriminatory lending practices, uh, which did include uh, something very similar to redlining. Um, but I think, as Adam said, you're probably much more likely to see that, you know, some individual lender is just going to say, oh, you're trying to buy in this neighborhood. I'm not going to uh, provide the loan for that. Um, so it does happen. Um and it and it does happen in a in a slightly big way, but hopefully, like you said, there's a lot more oversight on that now and it's happening a lot less.
1: Right. All right, Mary, thanks for your call. Let's uh, move on next. Uh Carla in Picunes on the line. Good morning, go ahead.
4: Good morning, how are you? Good. Um one uh, question. Mike um there's three people involved. We're investing in a home. In Panama City, and this is this is what we got so far. Um, We're stuck at um, no assets, fair credit, and uh, um, we're we're just stuck. So we're trying for FHA. Is that is would that be a great would that be a good deal if we're accepted?
3: Um, are, are you buying a vacation home or a second home? No, 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 no. We're we're um, we're moving to uh,
4: Florida, and we're, okay, we found okay. a home. We've been looking for two months. We found a beautiful home, and um, it's my daughter, my husband, and I, and it's it's going to be you know our retirement, and okay. it's a foreclosed home now, and there's a, a stipulation on it that says transfer value. And I don't know what that means. It says transfer value and market value. Hmm.
3: That transfer value may be something specific to Florida. And a lot of a lot of states um, have their own uh, real estate laws, and that could be something there that I'm not familiar with. An FHA loan, would, as far as down payment, is going to be um, about as low as anything three and a half percent. What I would probably suggest is getting with a local lender down there that knows some of the down payment assistance programs that might be available, and possibly seeing okay. if you qualify for for some of that. Um, because I know every state it's, it's has it's their own credit. specific there, programs.
4: Our credit is it, it's it's our credit, our assets. Um, we pay cash for everything, and that's hurting us so bad and uh, yeah. but all of us have jobs all of us have jobs all of us have an income we've been at at our jobs you know over three years and it's still it's still hurting you, you know even when we would, yeah. put, we offered seven down and they'd still you know so who would put seven down and 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 want to lose it none of nobody you know I yeah. don't know well We're just stuck. and uh, one more question please sure. um my husband uh um, wanted to ask, uh, I think it's um, okay, if he, uh, we're, we're non-military, but my daughter um, oh students, that's what I wanted to ask. Students um, first first home buyers, wouldn't my daughter qualify? Um, she's a college student, she goes to Florida State and um, she also she's working. So wouldn't she qualify for some aid in that or a grant? Someone said something about a grant.
3: It's it's very possible. That's yeah, and that's what my original suggestion is. I would get with a local lender that knows, um, and, and your realtor no. should be able to help you find that person, somebody that really knows what all is available in an area. Because sometimes it's even down to the county. Some counties offer uh, specific grants uh, to promote home ownership. So that's what I would I would check with somebody like that. And Florida, as a matter of fact, has a uh, is known to have a lot of of programs available they're one of the states that that really really promotes homeownership and and does a lot so there there may be something available to you
1: all right carla thanks for that call hope that you enjoy relocating to the sunshine state Uh, let's move on next we've got the z on the line good morning you're on the air with us so go ahead
5: Uh, hi Um, i have a quick question regarding um pan for a house, write. I'm retired, have a very, very good pension, and I'm also collecting Social Security. I have a, was approved for a construction loan to build this new house, which is out in the country on the farmland. But then I've just decided that I'd rather just go in and pay cash and kind of build this house at Peace Mill. I have a very good contractor who's working with me. Now I'm starting to wonder whether or not I should, for tax purposes and deductions, eventually Mm -hmm. get a mortgage. It's too late to get the construction loan because I've already started. (laughs) But I'm wondering, once the house is built, should I consider getting a mortgage? or I just don't want the extra debt, being on a fixed income. That's why I decided we sold a house, so I got that cash. And I can Mm -hmm. afford to just go and pay cash for the construction of this new house. So what's your advice for someone like myself who's living on a fixed income?
3: Hmm. That is one that I would like to sit down and talk to you more about because there, there's a lot of moving parts there. My, mm. Here's my knee-jerk reaction to that is you need a construction loan. And the reason being is once mm. you get down to the end and you want to take out a mortgage, you're going to be considered a cash-out mortgage. So there's going to be a higher interest rate uh, um, applied to that. Whereas if you had a construction loan in place and just paid off that construction loan, it's it's going to be considered a construction to perm refinance, and, and the penalty is not going to be there for that cashed out. So that and and that you know that's why I'd want to talk to you off air and see how far along you are, and how much is left, and, and ask some different questions and help you uh, develop a plan that might save you some money in the future.
5: Well, what if I decide I don't want a mortgage at all, period, and just don't have a mortgage?
3: Good for you. Uh, I mean, I, and and I'll let Ryder. Yeah, I'd let Ryder and Nancy talk more about that on the tax implications and stuff, and the the write off savings and stuff like that. But, you know, as much as I've got to close mortgages to uh, make a living, I'm all for people being debt free. I love it.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would say, I mean, yeah, if you don't want to, if you don't want a mortgage, then, you know, that's fine. You just keep paying, keep paying the, the cash, you know, as long as you know, you have enough money to pay your contractor, your contractors happy with it. Great. Like that's a, that's a great situation to be in. I will say for a lot of folks, um, especially on a fixed, I would say almost especially on a fixed income, getting a mortgage makes a lot of sense because a mortgage is just a fixed cost. So if you can, See that you you can afford that, um, you know. You, say you get a 15 year mortgage and you know your payment is a thousand dollars a month. It's going to be a thousand dollars a month for the next 15 years. While um, at least in the state of Mississippi, if you get you've got a pension, maybe maybe you have PERS, which adjusts with inflation every year, uh, just 3% every year, you've got uh, Social Security which adjusts with inflation every year, your incomes are gonna rise and that housing cost is gonna stay flat. That's one of the beauties of, of having having a mortgage is your housing prices, housing expense stays fixed. Um, and, and it just makes it more affordable because most people don't have the kind of money it takes to buy a house. In their bank account right now today, um, you know. Congratulations if you do. Absolutely, you know, good, great. Um, and, and but I would, yeah. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say a lot of people. You, you mentioned this. They um, think of being retired. I need to have my house paid off, not necessarily for all the reasons that Ryder mentioned, but I think for this person in particular, you need to think about how secure is my income I have coming in. How um, how much will it cover of all of my expenses 20 years from now versus do I need to hang on to a pot of cash versus dumping it into a house that becomes illiquid? So all of those things maybe mean you need to sit down with a financial advisor to look at your whole picture to decide whether or not you need to take on a mortgage or not.
1: Okay. All right, Z, we appreciate your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We need to take one final break. When we get back, we will continue visiting with our guest, Adam Black from Renaissance Bank, talking about home mortgages. We've got two emails to get to one housing related, one personal finance related. We'll have that for you after this. We're glad you're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lodger-Janderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Here's a reminder, every Tuesday at 10, listen live to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. We're also today uh, visiting with Adam Black from Renaissance Bank. Got about five minutes left and two emails to get to. The first one uh, for Nancy and or Ryder says, Are all taxpayers allowed to skip their RMD this year or just first-time RMD? If a person does not take an RMD this year, will that person be required to double up next year?
0: Uh, Yes, all RMDs, whether it's the first time or you've been doing it for a while, you don't have to do it this year. And that's a recognition of the decline in the stock market when this happened. And um, they've even extended the period of time when you can take them and put them back. If you already took them at the first of the year, you have an opportunity to put that money back in and cost yourself less on taxes.
1: All right, and there's no doubling up for next year then? No. It's all right. Very good. Uh, so, Adam, here's another. This is uh, an email that says I've lived in my home for about 17 years and want to refinance, wanting to lower my payments and recoup some cash to pay on some home improvements. How do I know if this is a good move? That's one question. And also, is refinancing with the current mortgage lender a good idea?
3: uh yeah that's almost the same question uh so we we have a software system that we will take your current mortgage where you're at exactly you know in other words,' just going to take into account how many payments you have left, and then we're going to compare it to what's available to you now based on your needs, in other words, if you're wanting to cash out thirty thousand dollars. We're going to raise on $30,000. we are going to show you getting that back. And we're going to compare those to five years down the road and 15 years down the road. Or actually, in your case, it would be uh, 13 years down the road because that's all you owe in your home. But we can adjust those, in other words. And it quantifies the savings. Um, it, it will definitely – it will show you black and white. It's not going to be – and I'm not knocking, I'm not being a politician here, but a lot of lenders will just say, oh, well, you, need to re- you need to lower your rate of points for it to justify. Well, that's not true. It all depends on how long you've been in the mortgage, how big the mortgage is. There are a lot of factors there. So we we uh, have paid for some some software that actually will quantify that and show you exactly what the savings is and whether it makes sense or not. We've, we've actually lost deals because it didn't make sense. So, uh, yeah, just uh, call me, post-show, And I would love to talk to you more about that. All it will take is a a copy of your latest mortgage statement, and I can have you something within about 24 to 48 hours to review.
1: Nancy, you had a question?
0: Yes. Adam, uh, would you talk to our listeners about the moratorium on payments that are being offered through the CARES Act?
3: Uh, As far as deferment and forbearance? Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's a a whole show in itself. But it's, uh, so, yeah, most are offering a 90-day either forbearance or deferment. It's very important as a consumer you understand the difference in those. Um, A deferment is they're going to take those three payments and they're going to add it to the end of your note. So if you've got a a 360-month note, of 30-year, it's going to become a 363. Uh, forbearance is is just the opposite Uh, it is it is due at the end of that 90 days now there was a big I I talked a lot about this on social media when it came out because I wanted people to understand the difference and not get themselves into a hole Uh, originally it was going to be the entire three months was due at the end of that 90 days most if not all of the servicers have now made it you just start making the payments again and and after that third payment is made you're considered out of forbearance so uh, but either way it is so important if you have to do this that you spend the time reading through the paperwork uh you know enlist someone else to help you read through it. make sure you understand what you're getting into because uh there was there was the opportunity for some catastrophe there in the beginning when, when that was all first offered
0: and adam does that affect your credit
3: So far, it has not. Uh, We will see it on the credit report as, you know, long currently in forbearance or long currently in deferment. We haven't seen it impact credit scores, and it is not supposed to. Now, I've said this in every interview I've ever done, America's credit scoring system is the most imperfect there is. You know, so so far, you know, we have not seen that happen, uh, and we're keeping a close eye on it.
1: All right, we've just got about 15 seconds left, so that should wrap us up for today. Thanks, Adam. Always good to hear from you and giving us some uh, useful information about uh, mortgages. And uh, Nancy Ryder, your expertise is always appreciated each Tuesday morning as well. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by the generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, you can find it at moneytalks.mpbonline.org or just listen to the podcast. You. you can search for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill. So for Dr. Nancy Lotter Jamson, Ryder Taft, and our guest, Adam Black from Renaissance Bank, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us every Tuesday at 9 a.m. for Money Talks only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, offering My Trustmark online and mobile banking services to help monitor spending, pay bills, deposit checks, transfer money, and more. Anytime, anywhere. More information at Trustmark.com. Member
0: FDIC. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.